I found empathy working on my skills with empathy has helped me a lot. I wonder how she's feeling inside of her, whether I understand it or not, whether I agree with it or not. I try to connect with how she's feeling inside. You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast that inspires girls and those that love them to grow in their knowledge, skills, and abilities while working towards becoming the most confident version of themselves. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, once corporate leaders and entrepreneurs turned confidence coaches who are obsessed with raising the next generation of female leaders. We're the founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. We're here to give them the tools to be resilient, problem solvers, and to simply be good people. Everything we wish we had access to at their age. We'll be sitting down with versatile guests to talk about things like how to manage expectations, bounce back from failure, even strategies to break up with a toxic relationship. We want this community to lift one another up. So starting right now, you get to practice reaching your hand back and bringing other girls along for the ride. Let's go. Welcome back to the show, everyone. We are your hosts, Chill and Mary. Hi. (laughs) And we have a really fun conversation that we want to bring to everybody today. We met this woman, honestly, not too long ago. And we are, Mary and I always talk about on the podcast, you're going to hear it time and time again, that community is everything to us. So we have found pockets of communities in Phoenix that we are a part of. And one of the organizations that we are a part of, Corey, who's sitting across from us also, um, is part of it as well. And she boldly, the very first time, I'll never forget, she came into the room, she spoke um, about herself and what she does and like just so boldly put herself out there i immediately caught eyes and i'm like i need to go talk to her after this i need to go say hello and introduce myself and let her know that she is welcome in this space and she has so much to offer so corey we're gonna get into a little bit more of who you are and your story in just a second but please welcome corey kovac to the podcast everybody well, and Jill is um, an expert at leaving people on the edge of their seat. So if you're interested in that pocket that we found each other at, it's called the Foundress. Oh, the Foundress. It's a female networking See, this group. this is why there's two of us because she gets to fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so th- we come together once a month and we share about who we are in our businesses. And obviously you being a business owner is probably the least interesting thing about you as far as we're concerned. Um, But you are a business owner. You own Studio 48 Med Spa. How many locations do you have? Are you just down in Chandler Gilbert? We're in Ahwatukee. Ahwatukee. Yes. And actually, Studio 48 Med Spa is a new business of ours. However, we've been in that location. Well, my husband has been in that location for 18 years. So with COVID and all the things, we transitioned to Studio 48 about three months ago. Okay. So we are a multidisciplinary medical clinic. So we have chiropractic, we have uh, family medicine. So we have a nurse practitioner. We have a PA who's amazing, um, works with children, is very holistic. We have massage. We do um, full panel blood work, allergy testing, and 
we just incorporated aesthetics. So micro needling, um, you know, Botox fillers, all the things that make you look good on the outside, as well as feeling beautiful and amazing and healthy on the inside. So I'm very passionate about 360 health. You know, mm-hmm. it's really important about mental health. We all know this, this has been going on for a long time now. Everybody's more open about talking about mental health. And I think bringing that into our business is changing the dynamic of what we're doing. So we're very unique. And our goal is actually to open six more studio 48s after we oh, amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And right before we pressed record, we were having a conversation about you opening a space in Flagstaff. Is it a studio 48? No, location? we're actually building my dream house in Flagstaff. Oh my gosh, equally amazing. Equally amazing. Yes. Okay. So because if I could, I would live in the mountains. Yeah. Um, just well, kind of in the trees. You know, I'm a trail. Like you're gonna trail geek. So yeah. I love being outside. Um, that's that's where my soul feels free. So well, and I'm sure people listening are going, why did you say that was the least interesting thing about her? Because that sounds awesome. <laughs> yes. Holistic wellness. You and offer so many services. And we're not discounting how amazing <laughs> that is. We're either. not. However, the things that I really want to pull out of this conversation have a lot to do with you as a bonus mom. Um, you are a mom. I, you have a son, correct? How old is he? I have two sons. Two my sons? Oldest, yes. My oldest son is 17. He's actually going to be 18 in a month. Holy and moly. I know. It's crazy. He just got into the WP Carey School of Business today. Oh, congratulations. So proud of him. Mom. That was the first acceptance that we've gotten back. Yay. So I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. And an incredible sun devil. One. Yes. I'm a sun devil. My husband's a sun devil. School. We're we sun devils. We're sun yeah. devils. We donate to the Sun Devil um, Athletic Foundation. So we give scholarships to student athletes. We're really passionate about, like, we're like all Sun Devils. So I'm super proud of him. So I have him. Amazing. And then I have a seven-year-old. Okay. He's a boy. So I have two boys. And then um, Talia is in the middle. She's 15. Awesome. So you've got a good spread of kids. um, And you are a bonus mom to Talia. I want to talk specifically about her story within this podcast because of how inspiring it is. Jill and I had the pleasure of meeting Talia last month during one of our workshops. You found it um, important to integrate her into some of the conversations we were having because of the things that she's gone through. And we'll get into this conversation. Uh, I'll just give everyone an overview. Talia is a stage four brain cancer survivor. Is that correct? Yes, she is. She was diagnosed with medulloblastoma at 26 months old. Um, So 26 months. Give us a timeline of when you met Talia's dad and when you started becoming more of a presence in her life. Yeah. So I actually met Talia's dad before she was diagnosed with brain cancer. Um, We were both training for Ironman Arizona at the time. And, you know, I knew of him, I saw him on some bike rides, you know, there's a lot of group training that happens around the community with those long distance endurance races. So it's, it's pretty integrated. And so I knew of him and then I actually moved back to Chicago for a few months, um, to go to grad school. And I saw on Facebook, cause I think Facebook was the only thing around back then <laughs> that, that, had, that thing, that, that thing, that I know. Face- that the FB, yeah. <laughs> MySpace my was long gone. Yeah, we so we had just Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, so I saw a Facebook 
um, like a foundation and people that were in our training groups were promoting this foundation. And it was called the TRK foundation. Talia Reese Kovac is her name. And I'm like, Kovac, I know that name. And I went and looked on it and it was Aaron, um, and his ex-wife and they were raising money to help pay for Talia's cancer treatment. And it was all about their story and how Talia was diagnosed with stage four brain cancer. And that's how I found out about Talia having brain cancer. I didn't know Aaron very well, um, but I did know of him. And then, um, you know, I moved back to Arizona, started getting more integrated um, into the training groups again. I was working as a personal trainer and my best friend from college was um, actually working for him. Although I didn't know she was working for him, but she was like, Hey, I want to go back to nursing school. I want to, I want to be a nurse and I don't want to do this. And I think you would be amazing at this. So I'm like, what is this? And she's like, well, I actually work for a chiropractor and it's at this look at the studio eight for the studio 48 location. Oh wow. Um, wow. but this was like, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm like, all right. And I'm working like 10 jobs at the time. Right. I was, I have a journalism degree and nutrition degree from ASU. And I was writing for multiple magazines and personal training, you know, adding up a whole bunch of $10 an hour jobs. Right. <laughs> so we were just doing it all like females do. Yeah. yeah. So I showed up and I walked in and Aaron saw me and I saw him and I was like, it's you. And I ended up um, working in, within his clinic throughout Talia's cancer treatment. Wow. That's mm -hmm. incredible. And is that how you guys started dating one another? Was it before? So it's really interesting. I watched him go through um, Talia's cancer treatment, her chemotherapy, her radiation. Um, so when I was working within the clinic, she was in radiation in Texas. And so he was not there very often. He yeah. would call in and we had an associate chiropractor at the time. And so we didn't see each other a lot. And I, so I watched him go through that. Um, and you know, and then I also watched him go through a divorce and, yeah. um, you know, so eventually over time, he asked me out for a year, um, you know, and I contemplated in my head because that is a giant choice to make. Yeah. I'm not talking about the choice to date your boss. That's right. also a joint giant. <laughs> Let's pause there for a minute. Yeah. That is a giant choice to make ladies. Yeah. So I know, you know, there might be some infatuation there, but pros cons lists are important in determining those decisions. Absolutely. Yes. And it's not right for everybody. And I went back and forth on that, the date your boss thing. And more importantly, to date a man who had two children. And even more importantly than that, a man whose daughter was just came out of beating cancer. Yeah. Will you talk to us a little bit more about the dialogue that went on for you in determining that? Because that is a huge responsibility and one that I would like to bring to current times that you've been a beautiful, mm -hmm. beautiful representation of what a bonus mom can be for someone. The relationship that you have with Talia now is unlike anything I've ever seen. It's, it's the it's, most so heartwarming to watch you guys Beautiful. interact with one another and watch just to see how much you care about her. Even in times where it feels like she might not care about herself, you're her stand. And that's it's that's incredible. So obviously she's 15 now. So you guys have had several years to get to know one another and be that for one another. But what was what was that dialogue like when that was a decision that you had to make? 
Yes. Well, I was, I think, 24 years old. So this was 11 years ago. So I've been Talia's stepmom. Uh, she calls me Coco. That's my initials, C-O-K-O, Corey Kovac. She calls me Coco. <laughs> so I was young, 24. Um, Aaron is 12 years older than me. Um, and it was a big picture for me to look at and kind of take in and think. And, you know, I've, I felt like once I was going to make the decision to be a stepmom, I was going to be all in. And I didn't want to make that decision before I was ready to be all in. You know, there's certain things that you can try on. You know, when we talk about business, we talk about trying things on a lot. Mm -hmm. And being a stepmom is a little bit more than just trying something on because you're coming into a human being's life with a purpose. Mm. And I connected with what my purpose is and that I would find that uh, for my stepkids. And the day that I made that choice and I met them, I knew in my heart and my soul that there would never be any other way. And those kids were meant to be in my life and I was meant to be in their life. And whether I knew why or not at that moment didn't matter. I just knew that it was right. Oh my gosh. I have full body goosebumps. I mean, that truly, that's the most selfless decision. And not to say that you probably didn't go back and forth, but you knew in your heart that it was like, I, this, this feels right. And I'm going to act on it and I'm going to show up for them no matter what. That's incredible. And admirable. showing up consistently Absolutely. through the good times and the bad and the times bad. Yeah. is everything. Um, you know, parenting, yes, I do have a biological son, um, but I have learned so much being a stepmom that has carried into every area of my life. I'm so passionate about being a stepmom. I have never told my stepkids to call me mom. I've never wanted to be mom. I feel like also it's, it's a unique position to be in and who I am to my stepson is different than who I am to my stepdaughter and right. how I show up, um, has changed throughout the years, like almost daily as they grow, you know? communication is so important. You know, like I don't go in and talk to my employees the same way I do when I call my mom. It's the same thing with my kids. It's I show up and I consciously think, how do I connect with my stepson? How do I show up and connect with Talia? And that has been a journey (laughs) learning to connect with Talia, but we've had such a strong connection from day one, um, that that's been the easiest part for me, the connection. Yeah. Well, and I, I remember you guys both showing up to the workshop last month and you were equally as excited to share the things that she was into music, um, and the lights in her room and like having her room feel like this sanctuary, but it was like disco balls and loud music and cool things that like just allows her to express herself. And you were right there being like, oh no, tell them, tell them what that is. (laughs) Like, it's so cool to see that maybe you might not have the same interests or maybe you don't understand what she's into right now, but that never came across as making her feel wrong for having that, that interest or, talent or whatever it is, you were like, 
so supportive right by her side. Like, tell them, oh my gosh, tell them what you love. <laughs> and it was because then we got to come into the, the picture. Like, oh my gosh, show us pictures. We want to, oh my gosh, we always see these in, in a lot of the girls that we mentor in their rooms. That allowed us, the walls came down and it allowed us to come in so that we can support you, but also her, which was really beautiful to see. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. She is such an individual. You know, I, I'm just, I know that there's a purpose for her. That's why, you know, Talia was in a clinical trial and, um, you know, when you're stage four, which means basically she had cancer in her entire body besides her bones. Um, there was really hardly any hope for her. And, you know, my husband, thankfully I didn't go through the hardest times, but he had to watch child over child pass away. And he strongly believes, um, what got Talia through is never being alone. Mm-hmm. A lot of these kids, uh, their parents have to work, you know, some of them don't have a lot of money. Like if, if you're, if you work at circle K and not saying that's like, I'm not putting that down or anything, but if that is where you work and that's your in- income level, you have to go to work at those times. You have to right. be there. Um, you know, you can't be in the hospital with your child. So a lot of parents would have to drop their child off for chemo or leave them there for the week for treatment. And they wouldn't see him again till Saturday, you know, and my husband developed a schedule of there's would always be somebody there with Talia at the mm-hmm. hospital. And so she always had that connection and she never felt alone. And if that's the reason, or if that's not the reason she, she I mean, she's a feisty little woman. Okay. Like she <laughs> will fight Can vouch anything. You know, she shows up authentically who she is with, I mean, I don't even have to explain to her what authenticity is. She lives and breathes it, Mm -hmm. but there is a purpose for her on this earth. And I know that one of my purposes on this earth is to get her there to, I, I see things and I can push her in directions and kind of keep her, um, on her path, but her own path in our own special way. Right. Well, you're a catalyst for her growth and an advocate for that. And how cool is that to say that we have somebody like that in our corner, especially when we've faced so much adversity already. So yes, she's 15. And does she have mannerisms and actions like she's 15? Absolutely she does. But she's wise beyond her years based on the adversity that Mm -hmm. she has gone through at such a young age. And it's incredibly helpful to have somebody like you be in her corner pushing her to strive for things that are outside of her comfort zone where she's like, you know what, I've already done enough in life. I don't Mm -hmm. have to go for that thing or reach for that star or go for that goal where you're like that soft whisper in her ear that's like, yeah, you do. Like you have so much potential to impact other children and other girls around you based on what you've been through. Why would you hide that? And we've seen that in in the few interactions that we've had with her. It's fun to integrate her into a group of girls who have been through adversities as well, but very different adversities. Mm -hmm. It opens up the blinders. It opens up the perspective to say, dang, maybe my life or what I've been through isn't that bad. I have an example of somebody who's been through hell Mm -hmm. and come back from it. I have something to learn from her. So the fact that you're there giving her those gentle nudges, that it's an incredible pairing. 
Yes. I, she has taught me more than any person on this earth, you know, and we all have the days where we don't want to get out of bed. We're like, Oh, really? You know, and I'll go in her room sometimes. And I'm like, oh, I woke you up a half hour ago. Like we're supposed to go, let's go. And she's like, what's the point? I don't want to go. Like, I don't want to get up. I'm never going to be able to drive. I'm never going to live on my own. I'm never going to be able to be normal. And, you know, I, it's hard as a parent to see your child, especially special needs child, where a lot of those things are true. Right. Um, you know, and all she wants is to be normal and for her to go through that, especially now at 15. And we've learned our pattern of how to get her out of that. And it's been through trial and error, but I typically just let her, let her go for a little bit. I'll close the door. I'm like, okay, it's okay. You feel that way. I'll be back in a little bit. And I come back in and we talk and I'm like, you know, we don't give up. And the most important thing we never give up on is ourselves. Mm. I want to stop right there and just have a conversation around it being okay. Mm -hmm. um, I think as a society, we're so polished, right? We, we have to show up as our best selves, whether that's as a mom or a student or a sister, like we're expected to show up and be ready to go. And it's like, that's, there's so much messy in life. And instead of making her wrong for feeling the way that she feels, you allow her that space to feel those feelings and work through that. And then you revisit the conversation. So you do two things. You let her have it and you don't sweep it under the rug. And having those hard conversations while acknowledging her feelings is setting her up for so much success in every other relationship in her life. And that's a huge reason as to why, in my opinion, she's so authentic because you allow her, you and her dad allow her space to flesh that out for herself. And I, I just, I, I can't, I don't want to overlook the importance of that mm -hmm. as opposed to pushing our kids to show well, up in a way. And I was just going to say, and you allow her to borrow your belief. Mm. You see something in her that you're like, I'm not. Yes. This one, she's always like, when I'm a hot mess, she allows me to be a hot mess. But she's like, you can't quit on a bad day. Quit when it's a good day. But you're going to get through this. We're going to get through this together. And sometimes I just need to hear someone else's belief in me to be like, all right, you're right. I was just having a moment. And for you to continue to be that reminder is, is going to one day, she is going to be like, I know what I meant to do. Mm. I know what I meant to do because of how I was raised and my support system and the people who are surrounding me and telling me that anything is possible regardless of what has happened to me and and that's what i also see in you is like borrow my belief borrow it because one day and i can't wait for that day you're gonna see it for yourself yes and what's interesting about talia is there's no answers for her being in a clinical trial you know, you go to doctor's appointments and I started immediately going to doctor's appointments with her. Um, and you ask questions to the oncologists and the 10 other providers staring at you in the room that are part of the clinical trial. And you ask questions and they don't have the answer. 
because she's the answer. Right. What's, what is she going to be like when she's 30? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen to the shunt? Is the shunt going to be okay? Um, is she going to be able to drive? Is she going to be able to have children? I mean, we've been to the infertility doctor already. We've already made the choice of whether to freeze her eggs or not, Mm. you know, and sometimes resonating with you are the answer or we don't know the answer yet is the biggest lesson that can come out of things. And something that I've learned with Talia is that that's okay to not have the answer and that you just never give up on yourself and you wake up every single day and put the next foot forward. Yeah. Well, it's the notion too of asking better questions. So if an answer does not make itself clear after asking a question, let's just say a yes or no question, right? She comes back the next day with a better question that her brain can actually like seek an answer too. And it's, it's, it is that notion of never giving up on yourself. And I think those two pair very well together. It's like, maybe today's not my day and that's okay. We're going to come back tomorrow. Yes. And a lot of times, um, you know, I guess in, when we talk about parenting as, as a mom or a stepmom or however you show up in your relationship with the kids that are in your life right now, I found empathy working on my skills with empathy has helped me a lot. How is she feeling right now? Because communication for her and even just teenagers in general is very hard, but for her to get the words out and to mentally process what she's feeling or what she's going through is hard. So for me to take a step back and say, I wonder how she's feeling inside of her, whether I understand it or not, whether I agree with it or not, I try to connect with how she's feeling inside right now, not me, her. And so, you know, maybe she's going through something at school or her eyes, like she only had unilateral vision for 13 years. She could only use one eye at a time. And we finally, after multiple, 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 multiple surgeries, she can finally use both eyes at the same time. That's amazing. So I think about things like, well, how would I be feeling right now? Yeah. If I couldn't, if I could, couldn't see this way, one of her eyes is almost blind because the tumor, you know, and all the muscles behind her eyes got messed up. And I'm like, so what, how would I be feeling right now? If I'm a 15 year old girl, that's four foot seven. I want to be taller. I want to be able to see better. I want real hair. Mm. I want to be able to speak without this speech impediment. I want to be able to hear things better. And the frustrations under that lie underneath. And then you put the, the problems on top of it that mm-hmm. she experiences daily. It's a layering of spend that spending that time intentionally trying to be empathetic towards what she's going through so I can understand her better. But I've found that system to really help me. I feel like that's a superpower. <laughs> no kidding. It's a practice within itself. And I am obsessed with mindfulness. Like just you talk about yoga and mindfulness and all that it that all that it's wrapped up to be and the components of it and and literally every every book, every podcast, anything that I've studied, any course that I've taken, it all boils down to empathy. And it's a practice whether it's 
with strangers or in relationships or in business. It's like you want to set yourself apart. Like you want to break free from how you're feeling. It's it's empathy. One, for yourself, but two, for others. And then just watch how it can transform what might have been blocking whatever it is, a relationship or a conversation or whatever it is. But I I think if more people in this world, oh my gosh, can practice empathy, wow, I, I really feel like we would be in a different position with our children and society and how we show up on social media. Well, and for me, it's intention setting. Like, we can walk into any situation. I could leave this podcast right now and walk into the kitchen and have a conversation with somebody that's in there without thinking about it. The mindfulness piece, mm-hmm. the fact that before any interactions happen with you and your kids or the people you work with or the people building your home, you set the intention of the outcome first. And I think that's such an important call out because we oftentimes just transition from thing to thing to thing in our day. And we let whatever thing happened prior to that affect or impact what's happening next instead of separating the two instances. Like I'm done here. I need a second just to take a breath and clear my mind space before I go into this next interaction and asking yourself how you want that interaction to go. Because it could be very easy to be selfish in conversations to say, gosh, I've, you know, this has been really hard for me. Does anybody care about my mental health and well-being that I've been a bonus mom to a really difficult situation? And you don't do that. You're aware that somebody else might have it a little bit more difficult or be facing something a little bit more than you faced that day. And you consciously ask yourself the question of what they need prior to what you need. And that that's incredible as a parent in general, but as a parent of a special needs kid, like I can imagine that it feels pretty hard most days and heavy. So for you to intentionally think about everyone else and what everyone else needs in any sort of interaction with you just speaks volumes of, of your mindfulness and of who you are for other people. Well, the Enneagram too might help with that too. I think <laughs> how you're like your personality traits. I'm a two W three. So I'm very driven, but also I think of others first and, um, you know, so my personality and just the, the, how, like just me, how I show up every day is just like that. Um, but empathy for me has been a journey and that's mm-hmm. a lesson too, is, you're not going to, sh- you're like today, tomorrow, I'm going to be more empathetic. And then you wake up and like it's not going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. Like, it's you're going to make the same. The you're going to make the same mistakes again. Right. Yeah. Until you practice it enough, mm-hmm. right? So my word for being Coco or stepmom or and mom and wife in family is perseverance. So every day you have to persevere through the hard stuff to get the good stuff. You have to go through the hard stuff to get the good stuff. You know, um, yeah. it's in the beginning when I first became a stepmom, it's fun and games. Cause you're, you're fun. You're new. You're like the girlfriend. Oh, I really like her. She's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> but then when you're, you're around you're, and mm-hmm. then you become the parent and then, oh, she, she can have rules. Oh, that like, and then the hard stuff happens. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. then life happens. Like it's been over 10 years for me. My kids, older kids are teenagers now, and there have been some roller coasters and rock bottoms mm-hmm. and it's all about perseverance. Yeah. That makes me think of, I, I'm like, okay, what question can I ask around that? Like, how do you have a spiritual practice? How do you stay well? How is your mental health? How do you, what do you do? She spends a lot of time at the med spa. <laughs> and I know I you're wish. an Iron Man, you know? It's like, wow. A five-time Iron Man. Right. So it's incredible where it's like, I, I'm listening over here being like, wow, sometimes I have those poor me moments where I'm like, I do so much. And then it just makes me want to sit on the couch and not do anything. And it's like, that's not going to make anybody better. That's not making me better. That's not making my children or my family better. And there's moments and times where that is necessary. But it's like, I'm so inspired by the word perseverance where I'm like, how did you get that? And how do you maintain that? Because it is a constant. It is a part of your life. I looking at you truly when you walked in and you were talking about your business, I was like, this woman is beautiful, dropped it gorgeous. She has her stuff together and I would have never known. It's like, you know, the judgment of like, I I would have never known what you've been walking through for the last 10 years if I hadn't gotten to know you. Yeah. You know, I do love exercise and obviously with, I did Ironman and all that before I was a mom or a wife or really a girl, Aaron's girlfriend, at least. Um, you know, so that is one thing, but I think most importantly, it's finding out what you as an individual truly love and it's non-negotiable to have that part of your life. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's poetry, if it's art, if it's hiking, if it is, I don't know, deep sea fishing, it doesn't matter what it is. It has to be truly in your heart and soul. What makes you feel you. And for me, knowing what I truly love to do, it means to me that when things get hard, it makes me want to keep going. It makes me want to try harder. It makes me want to drive towards my goals. So when I'm running up a mountain and my legs are on fire and the last, the lactic acid is building up. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, oh my gosh, poor me. My legs hurt. I can't do this anymore. That does not happen. It does not happen. To me, it's like, I, I am getting up this mountain. It's going to go downhill after this. And I know that, you know that boss up and get it done. Mm-hmm. And I do. There have been times in my life, um, you know, currently I struggle with things too in business where when things get hard, I want to run away from it. I don't want to, it doesn't oh, motivate me to drive me too. Towards. I'm like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> so what other random little errands do I have to do today around the exactly. house? Exactly. You, you don't avoid mean anything, yep. mm-hmm. but what you so truly similar. love when it gets hard, you want to do it more. You're right. So find that. And so for me, um, it's non-negotiable for me to exercise every day. Um, I will wake up at 4am if I have to, um, you know, I want to be outside, but if I have to be on a treadmill, I'm, I'm on a treadmill because it's that feeling that it gives me inside that I'm looking for to start my day. My also my spiritual practice. I do. I read a devotional every morning. Um, my favorite devotional is written by Paul Tripp. Um, it was given to me through by a friend when I was going through a really hard time. So, um, I've had that same book for a couple of years. Um, and every, you know, there's, there's one devotional every day. And to me, 
no matter how many times I've read it, it's like the first time there's just a new connection. Um, you know, so I have that and I journal. Um, but once the kids get up and work goes, I don't have that time. So recognizing that my schedule is like that and here is, that's when I have to fit it in. Right. I get up like, well, and we have a common theme. It feels like where, um, pouring into ourselves perfect time to drink out of that cup that's almost empty. You might need to go yeah. fill that up sometime <laughs> soon. But we we matter because you're not Corey mom. You're not Corey wife. You're not Corey stepmom. You're not Corey business owner. You're Corey. That's you. Like, I think we have realized more and more over this past decade where mental health has come into a much larger part of our conversations that it's important to fill up our cup before we can help manage anyone else's cups because if we're pouring from an empty cup then they're going to get all of that emptiness back from us and that's not a win-win for anybody so the fact that you know that you need to prioritize your overall health and wellness in order to show up as the best version for everyone else in your household is such an important call out because we know that we know it's important to do self-care and meditate and journal and work out and eat well but knowing something is never a surefire way to actually executing on that thing. Yeah. And when I keep up with it, when I keep up with my self-care and I keep what I love in my life, my kids notice, they notice the difference. Oh yeah. 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 And so I just did a trail race last weekend and the first phone call I got on my way home was from Talia. Did you win? Dad showed me a picture. Did you win? You know, and they just, they just, I have this picture of, I ran the Phoenix marathon. Um, I had some goals before I wanted to have kids. It was do the Ironman world championship and break a three hour marathon. Now, listen, I'm five foot nine, 145 pounds. It takes a lot of work to move this body. So considering I love that is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I've tried love running too. And I was told I was big for a runner. (laughs) I'm I'm like, I'm five foot three and I don't like running. So I don't, I'm like, bless your just beautiful body, beautiful <laughs> body for loving that. Cause I feel like I could have a body for a runner and I just, just, that's just, it's not my thing, you know? Yeah. I'm surprised. I mean, I think it's just genetic gift, but it's truly what I love. And just yeah. for her to see, you know, I did those things and I'm like, I'm going to have kids and I'm going to focus on being a mom and business and all my other goals. Now those are done. And it didn't work out that way because once I tried to eliminate what I truly love, I wasn't happy and they could see right. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my it gosh. Does. It spills right on over into everything else. It's like Exxon Valdez all over again. She's like, <laughs> go for a run. My God. <laughs> totally. Well, and we don't, if we're not aware, if we're not in the work, then you're right. Like we're not even, we, we kind of feel like, why am I feeling so bitchy? And why am I so short? And why it's, just, I'm so annoyed with everything. And it's like, well, cause your cup is totally empty. What do you need to do? Do the thing that you love and then notice how that makes you feel because that's what's going to spill over. My kids call me Hulk mom. Like I, if I don't do something for me, I turn into like the green, I'm going to rip my shirt and like go (laughs) ham on them. So they're always like, are you Hulk mom right now? It's like, I have to like have an alter ego because. Yes. But have you noticed it's the same for them? Yes. Yes. Helping them find what they love is hundred percent. And if they don't, if they don't have that in their life or forget like COVID, like sports got taken away. So many things got taken away. Our kids went through so much, so much through that. And I watched them, what they love get taken away. 
and trying to help them find other things they love so that they can get that feeling back. So important. Like I know what I love and they can see me and that. So they understand when I explain to them like this whole concept, they get it, but helping them on their journey to find what really fuels their soul and makes them feel them that sets their, their day up. How do they want to set their day up? is really cool too, to be along on that journey for them. And all three, so individual, right? Showing up for each of your kids different, how you need mm-hmm. to show up for them. 100%. So they feel that too, because they can feel that if you're not. Yeah. Well, and clearly oh, that's what we Kids saw. are the best judge of character. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Who's this phony baloney? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I could see Italia saying something like that if totally. we're being honest. Yes. <laughs> Oh, well, Corey, this conversation was magnificent. (laughs) I'm like, wow, I'm blown away by just who you are and what you stand for and you being able to not only reach your hand back, but truly like expand yourself to bring others in so that you can help them find what they love so that you can show them what they're meant to do in this world what they're capable of what doing what they're capable of doing it's like you you're so selfless in that act and we need we need more people like you and i think that's why we were so excited to have you on on the podcast was just to highlight that and to inspire other people that it's like you can start now you can start today. It's okay and not make yourself wrong or judge yourself for it. But it's like the more that we can have self-aware people, the more that it the, the trickle effect happens, the more that we raise self-aware kids. And that's our future. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. And I look at you guys and I'm like, man, if if I could change careers or start over. I would like, I just look at you guys and the vulnerability you have to sit in front of a room of girls that are going through puberty and the hormones <laughs> and being up there and just having that just connection. Like you're there for them and the responses, they respond to you. Like looking at like, I'm obviously in the room more than other parents probably would be. Cause Talia is kind of still finding her what individuality yeah, and how she wants absolutely. to show up in groups. But I look, just look around and I see how these girls respond to you and it's just heart melting. Like, I love it probably because I'm so passionate about it too, with what I've been through with my own kids. But for you guys to be up there in front of other people's girls, other people's daughters and putting yourself up there, they're all staring at you. You don't know what's going on in their heads. God only knows what's going on. (laughs) God only knows what's going on in there. And they're looking at you, what you're saying, but you are so authentic and vulnerable with them. And it's just beautiful. I love being a part of it. We, we very much so received that. And thank you. The thanks really goes to you for Mm -hmm. believing in us a, as, as two individuals, but believing in us enough to allow, um, us into Talia's life as well. Um, because having her there is incredibly special Oh my gosh. to see her open up, to see her participate, to see her really like let her walls down, mm-hmm. regardless of how long it takes. You're right. Yeah. It's about that intention. Like, how am I showing up for her today? How am I allowing her to open up to other girls and to watch her do that, to watch her contribute in those ways is, is really super special. I mean, she came up and gave me the biggest hug and just held on for 
I don't know. It was like two minutes. I didn't want to move. I didn't want to breathe. I was just wanted to give her what she needed in that moment. And it's it's been really cool to facilitate a space for her in that way. So thank you for for trusting us to to have tough conversations and to bring girls into the fold who other girls look at as different or weird or whatever it is and and smash those those fallacies and say Absolutely. everyone here is on an equal playing field. Yeah. So I agree. I totally believe that's her purpose is she mm. needs to be around as many oh. people as she can be around so people can see her and everything that she is and all the differences that she has and accept everybody for who they are. Like she's so passionate about that and she's showing up in that way. And I think we like, we are going to see her grow throughout these teenage, like she's going to start high school possibly next year or the year after and to see her grow, grow through high school and develop into an adult. I just, I'm so excited to be at this point in her life. Yeah. It's just going to be so beautiful, um, hard and beautiful, but you can't have beautiful without going through the hard stuff. Yeah, you right. can't. There's something about like a rain and rainbow or something, <laughs> pot of gold. Yeah, one those. of those quotes. Let's throw them out. Throw out one of those. Hang in there. You know, it might be cliche, but here it is. And it it, it might be cliche, but it's, it's totally it's right. It really is. We don't know what light is if we don't have darkness. Absolutely. We don't understand how to really celebrate unless we've had a really hard time. And getting to see life through her eyes has been really special. So mm-hmm. – um, if we get to be a part of that purpose in any way, shape or form, just that's success to us. Cause mm-hmm. we much like you, that's our purpose too, is to bring other girls' purpose to the, to the forefront, to, to help them understand how capable and how bright they really are. So you're doing us a service by allowing us to be that for her, um, as well as the other girls that come. So thank you just isn't even enough. Thank you. Thank you guys. I'm so excited to watch it go through your workshops and everything. Just even the vision board. I'm like, this is so good for her. So So good for her. Well, and I just appreciate that it takes time, you know, like you, your expectations are managed and we need more of that where it's like, well, she went to one workshop and she should be transformed. She should be a swan by now. What's happening? <laughs> it's like, well. Yes. And with the hormones, they're going to show up to each workshop differently. Oh, Absolutely. Like last time I was like, who is this miniature woman I have next to me? I don't even know you. What's going on? <laughs> She's you know? like, I don't know you either. <laughs> but Mom. that's my expectation of how right. she should show up. Right. Oof. You know. Ooh, good yes. call out. Good. Wow. That's. That's such a good call out and um, something I want to challenge everyone listening to yeah. ask themselves, is this my expectation or is this how she is? Because that's that presents itself with a different conversation. You've got path A, path B. So call yourself out on your own bullshit mm-hmm. is, is the lesson there for me. Absolutely. Yes. You've got to do it every day for me. <laughs> I mean, I've got to do that every day because you have to catch yourself. You have to catch yourself in those thoughts and redirect to where you're going. You know, I catch myself. I'm like, who, like, I'm looking over at her. I'm like, I wish she just wouldn't have that freaking attitude. (laughs) And then, you know, I'm like, wait, that's my expectation of who I want her to show up as. Not how she's feeling today and how she wants to show up, which she is going to learn from, you know, she's going to learn learn from how people respond to how she shows up. And that's not all my job. It doesn't right. all fall on us. You're, you have to let your kids learn those lessons, no matter how hard it is to watch. Ugh. 
That's so good. That's so good. Yes. That. We're gonna wrap. that was the bow on, <laughs> on this top. podcast. That was perfect. Anyone listening needs some holistic treatment. We will uh, include every place that you can find Corey um, in our show notes. I think we'll also probably tag a couple articles with Talia in it. I know yeah. she's been on the news a couple of times. Um, so if you guys are interested in learning more about her story, that'll be in our show notes as well. Um, and Corey, thank you so much for just taking the time today. We know that's one of your most precious assets and we appreciate getting to have this conversation with you today. Thank you so much. I loved it. Can't wait to talk again. Bye you guys. Bye you guys. We'll see you on the next episode of what's the lesson. We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in with us. If you're looking for more, head over to girlsmentorship.com slash WTL for the show notes. And if you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one or all of the next three ways. One, by sharing this episode with a friend or on your social media. Two, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review. And three, by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We share ideas, we ask questions. So if you're interested, we've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Facebook in the show notes. Until next time, you guys, remember, the more you know, the better you do. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship.